It is a Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. On today's episode, Jacob Winans is back to discuss the Florida Panthers being back at practice on Tuesday after their West Coast trip. We preview tonight's game against the Carolina Hurricanes, a rare Wednesday night game for the Panthers. And we are going to discuss a topic that is bigger than the sport of hockey. All on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Wednesday, November 9th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ronda Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And don't forget to also follow Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, and the newest show on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NHL prospects. So, Cats fans, uh, this is a pretty cool part of the schedule for the Panthers because when you really think about all the travel, the time change, there's a lot of times throughout this week where the Panthers will have two days off, as you've seen on the schedule if you look at it right in front of you, uh, two days right before their game against Carolina, two, two days off right before facing the Edmonton Oilers, two days off before facing the Washington Capitals, and a lot of time for this team to get some rest. I mean, of course, me hosting the show and having a relationship with the PR department, I, I do see the practice schedule. So there's to give you an idea of what the Panthers, as far as rest and rehab for all these guys, they're going each each game, each day after the a game for the next week, the Panthers will have an off day every single time and then practice the day before. So just to give you guys an idea of what the Panthers, how their schedule is going to be looking like uh, for the next week. But we have, we do have a game to talk about tonight, a rare Wednesday night game. And we do have a practice uh, to cover for, for the Panthers as they were back at FLA live arena on Tuesday, preparing for their game against the Carolina hurricanes tonight, even though strangely there is Another uh, storm on the way uh, to South Florida. But let me bring in my guests on the show. Jacob Winans is back for another Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Jacob, not only welcome back, but I hope you are staying safe down there in Florida. Yeah, so you you dodged a bullet this time up, up there in Connecticut for this storm. But yeah, we're, we're all prepared. Um, it's not hopefully not going to be too bad. And yeah, we, we just had one a, a month or so ago so we're we're pretty ready for it and uh yeah hopefully hopefully the power stays on and i can watch some hockey tonight and no complaints there yeah uh i have a question for everyone who's uh, outside of florida what are seasons because i don't know what that is i'm feeling uh i'm feeling a little uh cold for uh it, it, i i'm not used to cold uh during uh the month of november if it's it is it's only for like a day but uh just checking the national hurricane center for tropical storm nicole it's going to hit uh, landfall about the Sebring, Clewiston area uh, around uh, Thursday at 1, a- 1 a.m. So the Carolina Hurricanes have a back-to-back uh, where they'll be facing the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow. So for them, it's going to be harder on the Carolina Hurricanes than it will be the Florida Panthers, actually, if we really think about it. 
having to travel back uh, up there to to Raleigh. But let's talk about practice uh, real quick uh, for 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 the Panthers. So Aaron Black skated, and the best part about this, uh, Jacob, is we we saw him on the road trip skating. We saw the yellow non-contact jersey with him. Great that he was just traveling with the team. Of course, this that could be a time where. Oh, I want to I, I want to sit back and relax, be with my family, skate on my own and all. But Aaron Eckblad and of course the coaching staff uh choosing to still being around the team, of course a big leader on the team too. Of course, the second longest tenure Panther right behind Alexander Barkov, but a non uh, uh he's he wasn't wearing the non-contact jerseys and then Paul Maurice confirmed that he will be eligible to come back on saturday in their game against the edmonton oilers he's already missed the 10 games but did has not missed the 24 days so a great sign that he's going to be coming back uh as soon as he is eligible yeah uh, it's it's really important to have him back he's our unquestioned number one defenseman um defense it it, and hasn't been perfect uh it's been defense by committee Uh, but with ekblad out we have seen we have seen a lot of guys step up um, namely Gustav Forsling, Brandon Montour has been out of this world good to start the year. Uh, Josh Mahura, our, our last minute waiver claim right before the season, he, he's uh, really blossomed into, honestly, he's, he's been playing like a top four defenseman. So um, getting Ekblad back, hopefully none of these guys, their games uh, regress. And, and all, all we're doing is adding to what's already been working. So it's exciting to get Ekblad back. Uh, and again, it's very reminiscent of, of last year when Barkov went down uh, for for those six weeks. Obviously, this wasn't quite as long, but uh, the team the team held it down when when Barkov was out. They they stayed above five hundred. They won games. Same situation here. You lose Ekblad, and and in past years we may have seen the loss of a star player for a long absence kind of tank the season. Uh, this team definitely uh, came through with him out. It was more. It, not necessarily a, a perfect uh, a perfect road without Ekblad, but they they treaded water. They stayed above 500. Now you get a superstar player back in the lineup. Uh, you get closer to being fully healthy, and and they're still in a really good position, right in the thick of of the the early the early season playoff race as we uh, try to get to to that Thanksgiving window in a good spot. So uh, definitely definitely good to have him back. And you think about also how there's been so much parity early on in the Atlantic division as well. And so the the fact that the Panthers, even though we would have loved to see a better road trip from them recently, that Arizona game was just a, a, a little bit of a killer for them. But you talk about like re, even the Atlantic division of what's going on uh, there. I mean, with Toronto losing last night, uh, Detroit, Tampa Bay, all, all dropping games. So this is opportunity for the Panthers to still not fall behind too much. I mean, yes, one more game left against Carolina tonight, but the, but the, the fact that they've been able to hold the, hold the fort uh, there and a win tonight, you, you tie for, for second. Uh, it, of course, it's going to be a big challenge for them tonight as uh as a Stanley cup, um, as a Eastern conference favorite comes to, to town in the, Carolina Hurricanes, but still a great opportunity for the for this team. And listen, we were talking about pre-recording about what we do with the, the what what the coaching staff does with the defensive pairings. I mean, the only reason why I'm willing to say Ekblad and Forsling will be on the same pair again when they come back is because of Mark Stahl and Gus Forsling. That the fact that they don't play on both sides. Brandon Montour is is has that flexibility to work on both sides. So. 
to have Forsling in the same spot as Ekblad and maybe Montour paired with Stahl, which is with how Brandon Montour has played, especially creating shots from the point, being the quarterback on the power play. And it, it, it's just, it's just going to be hard for me to see him with Mark Stahl again, but the, but the flexibility of that helps the team out as, as, as well. I agree. So the deep pairs, it's going to be really interesting because I don't think anyone really expected Mahura to play as well as he has. Um, but he's done that exclusively with Radko Gudis. So if you move him away from Gudis, you now have a, a pairing of stall Gudis, which is not ideal. But also you're you're taking a chance with, is Mahura going to be as good with someone else? So I think that mahura Gudis pair has to stay um, for, now. for now. And then Forsling with Ekblad, we didn't really get a, a chance to, to fully see that. Uh, so I think you probably end up going back to that. And it's it's unfortunate for Brendan Montour because he and uh, Gus Forsling have been fantastic together. Um, you just hope Mark Stahl can step into that that pair with, with Montour and not kind of be like an anchor or weigh him down. Uh, you want Montour to, to continue playing at, at a high level. Um, he's definitely earned himself some more ice time. I mean, I'd be shocked to see his ice time drop below 20 minutes a game the way he's played so far this season. And... It's yeah, it's it's going to be a tough test tonight against Carolina because obviously you don't have Ekblad back yet. Um, Hornquist is still out, and, and Matthew Kachuk is serving the second game of his two game suspension. So, I think we're pro- on paper we're heavy underdogs in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't envy Aaron Ekblad coming back on Saturday in his first game back in the lineup. He's got to chase Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle around. That's not not an ideal situation to be thrown back into. But it's um, the the deep pairings are going to. That's that's something I'm really going to watch um, for for that Edmonton game because it's uh, there's there's so much you can do and there's so little you can do because there's some of these pairs, namely Mahura and Gudis, you just can't mess with it. You you just can't touch what you, you can't break up what's working. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, we'll talk more about the the defense pairings and we're going to be talking about uh, how how who are going to be the guys uh, sent down and I. And I don't think there's too much of a debate of who will will be uh, sent down uh, or or placed on waivers once Aaron Eckblad does come back. That's a that's a tough job for Bill Zito, uh, definitely. And that and speaking of not envying, I don't envy Bill Zito as far as what he has to do. We're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Athletic Greens. Our next product is a product that I started to use more often i started using ag1 because growing up in south florida west kendall native here uh ventanita culture is very strong in south florida of course coffee runs that region and you know drinking a lot of coffee i needed a little bit of a break from it so i started taking athletic greens so so what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients support your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of, uh, in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership of over your health and pick up the ultimate daily 
nutritional insurance. Back on this November 9th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Jacob Winans is here, obviously. So, Jacob, when it comes to the job that Bill Zito has to do, we talked about the, the defense pairings, even though I could see Josh Mahura, uh flourishing with uh, someone like Brandon Montour, who's elevated his game. I think that I, I think that uh, I think that we could very well see eventually a, Mur- a Mahura Montour line. That's something I would like to at least get experimented. But Bill Zito does have a tough job, and we were just <laughs> we spent a good two minutes prior to recording just trying to calculate uh, who will, how the Panthers will get under eighty five point five. Uh, prior to uh, Saturday's game against Edmonton. And, uh, of course, Edmonton will be without Evander Kane after taking a skate, uh, a skate blade to the wrist uh, from Pat Maroon on Tuesday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, thought, our thoughts are with Evander Kane, despite all the off-the-ice off the issues. Hope for his recovery. But it, it doesn't... This doesn't seem this doesn't seem to be a hard transaction for trans pair of transactions for uh, Bill Zito to make of who he's going to send down. Uh, waivers exempt people uh, uh, players first. Uh, Matt Kierstead is going to be one of them. Uh, Alexi Hepaniemi called up for a, for a little bit, played one game that game against the Anaheim Ducks, and that does but that still doesn't get them to eighty five point five. The the one transaction that's gonna likely get them under under but barely under is is and and that's what makes the Eric Stahl signing a little bit more difficult for this team uh once they did make the signing is a player who hasn't really played that much for the for the Panthers uh even though he has quite a lot of uh quite a bit of playoff experience is Nick Cousins playing on that fourth line center uh you uh you look at what he's making 1.1 uh for the next two years which team friendly deal but in, in a situation like this, which we're we're likely going to beat this dead horse all season based on the situation with the cap, but chances are he's likely gonna he's likely gonna be the victim of of waivers uh, this time around. That's the at least that's the expectation based on playing time. Um, any debates on any debates or disagreements on who will be who will be the ones sent down for for the Panthers to bring Ekblad back? No, I have to agree simply because there's not really any other option for what they can do. Um, that's just kind of the situation they're in right now. Um, it's unfortunate, especially for a guy like Nick Cousins, because in Kirstead and Hepaniemi's position, obviously with Ekblad back, Kirstead's not playing. So it's better for him to be in the minors getting playing time anyway. Um, Alexei Hepaniemi, a guy who's still developing, um, but in his call-ups, he's been used primarily in a bottom six role, which is not really his game. Uh, so again, it, it's better for him to be in the minor league developing. A guy like Nick Cousins was signed in the offseason to hopefully fill a, a an every-night bottom six role. He's being paid as an every-night player at 1.1. Um, it's, it's Obviously, I, I'd be shocked if, if this is what he was expecting when he signed. Um, it's, 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 difficult. Uh, it's a difficult position for Bill Zito, and it's difficult for, for Nick Cousins. And the, the part that's um, just slightly frustrating, I know we don't have the financial flexibility and wiggle room. It's just... Uh, you kind of wish he did because Eric Stahl is going to continue to center that fourth line. And I don't think watching the games, anyone can really debate who's the better player right now between Eric Stahl and Nick Cousins. It's obviously Nick Cousins who's who's the the better player at this at this point in time. So for Nick Cousins, it's tough because he's, he's likely going to get waived. And it's a situation where he's good enough to be on the team. He's good enough to be in the lineup every night. 
Uh, it's just a numbers game, and that's a, a really difficult position for him to be in. But it, like like we've like we've been discussing, there's just there's just no other options. There's there's no financial flexibility with this team this season, and that's um, it, it's it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough year with the, with the cap. It just is. Uh, things open up next year, but there's there's a lot of navigating to do to get through this season. Yeah, and and the thing is, they could put Eric, they do they could do the same thing with Eric Stahl as well because his, his uh, cap hit will get him an, under as well. It's only a difference of like uh, three hundred thousand between the two salaries, and that will still right. get him under uh, eighty five point five. Uh, if you put Kirstead, Hepaniemi, and and Stahl, uh, well, putting Stahl on through uh, through waivers, but you know we we've seen we've seen who. Paul Maurice favors obviously of course the history between them also also speaks a lot to it of who's going to be uh the one sent down but I mean subtract three add one at least good news if 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 that happens is that at least you'll have one player on the roster who you'll have at least as a scratch so that you could bring them in in case of, of an injury situation because we do not we do not want to see the same situation that happened in Boston because honestly the fact that the Panthers even made that specific game close, I, I don't like using moral victories here, but it, it kind of felt that way that they were able to still keep it close. And of course, seeing Boston about how they're flourishing this year as well is just, it, it's just, okay. The, the Panthers still know, despite all this, these challenges that they still have a really damn good hockey team. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, Definitely a huge plus to be able to have at least one healthy scratch because playing with a roster of, of just the bare minimum guys, that is just, it's just brutal. Um, not even just from a, a game standpoint, it's from a practice standpoint, because if anyone needs a maintenance day, if anyone is, has an injury, uh, they're, they're banged up. There's no one to even fill in in the practice. So your your the practices don't look like, don't look like what you're going to have in the games. The games, there's no rotation. Players are, are locked into their spots and nothing changes. It's, uh, it's definitely not an ideal situation. So having at least a healthy scratch left, um, that's definitely beneficial. Now, I again, when we go back to the Stall Cousins debate, I think I think you kind of hit the nail right on the head. Um, I think it's 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 going to come down. It, it obviously is going to come down to who uh, Coach Paul Maurice really favors right now, and uh, the the familiarity aspect of it. He clearly favors Eric Stall. Um, so it's it's a tough situation for for Nick Cousins. Um, I hope he's I hope he's receptive to to the move that's made. Uh, whatever move is made, I hope he's receptive to it and understands that it's a um, kind of a business decision, kind of a cap space decision. It's uh, not a knock on him as a player, um, but yeah, it's 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 not an, a, an ideal situation for the Panthers to be in. And uh, we definitely, especially on the deep pairs, have to hope that the the defensemen stay healthy because we're. Uh, that healthy scratch that we have won't be on the blue line. It'll be a forward. So um, it's, yeah, we're, we're playing with fire a little bit this year as far as the roster moves go. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're putting that very uh, kindly when it comes to, when it comes to that last uh, statement that you made when it comes to that. So uh, yeah. Uh, so the Panthers, of course, uh, they swept, swept the Carolina hurricanes uh, last year, spoke a little bit about it with Alex Baumgartner, but the the main the main line that's really putting a lot of the damage is that second line for the Carolina Hurricanes of of just Barry Kakaniemi, Martin Marty Natchez, and Andre Shmeknikov. With uh and and uh think about how Kakaniemi 
after after that offer sheet that happened, the whole drama between Carolina and Montreal found himself in a bigger role, got himself a a, a big a, a nice a nice pretty decent uh, term deal for for him. Seth Jarvis is a guy that's been hyped for years for the Carolina Hurricanes to just to just uh, make an impact on on this team. And let me check the Seth Jarvis's uh, points. Uh, Six points through 12 games. So still still a half a point a game, still a a, a decent role player for the for the Carolina Hurricanes. But of course, the addition of Brent Burns for, for them, it was a salary dump for the San Jose Sharks. But Brent Burns still a, a, a great puck mover, still a guy who who even though he's not the fastest skater can uh, can get on can be the trailer on the rush and just nail a one timer from the point as as well. And of course, the the Jennings Trophy uh, pair of uh, Frederick Anderson and Ante Radta. That's just they've just always been known as just a defensively sound hockey team. Of course, facing them eight times uh, in twenty twenty one. Uh, there, I remember that game that they went one for nine and how frustrated we were just looking at that power play at the time. Still, we 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 spoke about when Aaron Eckblad comes back about the the tough challenge that the Panthers have about about facing Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. But this is a this, no Eckblad tonight. Still no Matthew Kachuk. I don't like calling things scheduled losses, uh, Jacob, because this is the NHL. Any team can give it can be. Uh, can beat another on a given night, but this is a tough hill to climb for the Panthers regardless. Yeah, definitely. Um, just on paper, like I said, we're, we're the clear underdog on paper. Um, but again, the flip side of that coin is it doesn't really matter. Um, we, we got a taste of it on, on our own, uh, that game against Arizona, for example, uh, going to Arizona and just letting a team hang around and hang around and they ended up killing us on the power play and we couldn't really recover from that. Um, the, the Kings, the Kings game is another example where some weird things happen. Uh, we're, we're the favorite to win that game. We're probably the better team on paper. Um, it looks like we, like we take a lead, uh, pretty bad call. kind of changes the whole, the whole course of the game and, and things get weird. So it's, it's, it's a situation where you can't go into the game expecting a loss. Obviously the, on paper we're we're outmatched. We're missing a lot of guys, uh, two of our, our top three players in Kachuk and Ekblad, but uh, Carolina is a team that, and, and Hornquist as well, and, and Carolina is a team that we played last year uh, with Barkov out, and and it didn't look like we were supposed to win that game either, and we got some big performances from from a lot of the depth guys. Duclair had a big game, Anton Lindell had a big game. We end up coming out with that win. So Three power um, play goals in that one because it was exactly. in the first period. Exactly. So it's it's a situation where if we're gonna if we're gonna pull this one off, special teams has to has to has to produce the penalty kill. Can't spot the other team a goal. You can't you can't spot Carolina a goal or two um, on the power play. The penalty kill has to be has to be locked down. And the power play, you're gonna at least get a power play or two. That's just the nature of the game. The Carolina's fantastic, but they they're not gonna play a completely clean game and not give up a single power play chance. So when you get those chances, you have to capitalize because at five on five, we're definitely outmatched in this one. It's a, it's a big character test for the team earlier in the early here in the season. Um, if you're able to come out with that win, it's a, it's a big two points, uh, but it's also just one of those, one of those wins that you can kind of build on as a, as a character win a game. You're not supposed to win, but you win anyway. Those go really, really long way in the locker room and, and uh, the belief in what the team can be for the year. So I'm, 
I'm excited to see how they how they come into this one. They, they're not a team that's been the underdog very much in the past couple of seasons. They definitely are tonight, and I'm excited to see how they respond to that. Yeah, and I believe the broadcast uh, spoke about uh, the Panthers as a team that draws some of the most penalties in the NHL. I'm trying to find right. it as we speak, but I, I'm, I'm not able to pull it up. Uh, but the, the Panthers just being able to and, – and, of course, their speed has a lot to do with, uh, with getting guys to hook, hold, uh, interfere all, all all that stuff so their their speed speed is a big factor for for this team and trying to trying to be up a man and of course sunday was a very encouraging uh special teams performance where they broke uh their their uh streak of giving up uh a power play goal to nine so now now the the panthers got that a little bit off their back as well and and hope to continue uh to, to grow off that and of course gain a power play goal so one one step at a, one step at a time for 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 this team and of course and three three ma- three major players um missing once again for for the Panthers and I'm glad you brought up uh, last year's matchup uh between Carolina and, and Florida where hey you still got to put the skates on and you still have to perform but in segment number 3 we are going to be discussing a topic that happened over the weekend throughout the NHL and a situation that is uh, bigger than hockey. Jacob and I will be discussing that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Wednesday, November 9th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Jacob Winans here for this Winans Wednesday edition of the show. So, over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we did have a signing of the Boston Bruins signing uh, defenseman. Mitchell Miller to an entry level contract and some you might have seen some reactions of why or this is nasty or what 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 is wrong with the Bruins and to catch some of you up on on why that is uh back in 2020 uh Mitchell Miller was drafted uh, in the fourth round 111th overall by the Arizona Coyotes and then of course rumors surfaced about him uh bullying a person of color who was also uh, dis- disabled as well. And it was a situation that had been happening for, for years. So the Arizona Coyotes at the time, due to that, uh, released them uh, from his – well, not released them. He wasn't – he didn't even sign a contract. But they rescinded uh, the draft pick of Mitchell Miller and parted, parted ways uh, with, with his uh, draft rights. And, of course, the Boston Bruins uh, signing him just created a, a – an, an uproar, which was which is justified. So, a, a little bit of what Mitchell Miller did to this uh, to this uh, to this kid that he called that was uh, a classmate, uh, someone who had he had been around for years, and some a situation of uh, urinating on a lollipop and then ha- trying to have him have him have him lick it, something like that. And th- and that's as much as some of us uh, know. There, there's probably some more egregious details that that we we don't know about how the amount of trauma that someone like Mitchell Miller has placed on someone. And Jacob, I wanna I wanna get your thoughts about 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 this situation. This situation, of course, we've spoken all, a lot about the culture problems that that are not. It's and it's not just an NHL thing. It's not just a Boston Bruins. It's not a Florida Panthers thing. It's just a a body of the the govern the the body of hockey as as a whole that is just continued to to just have not only have these issues come up but the lack of accountability that happens for these guys. 
Yeah. So uh, when addressing the the Mitchell Miller topic, um, it's unfortunate because I feel like we've spent a, a handful of segments on this on the show in the last few months talking about things that really have no place in the sport. Um, but obviously, when when something like that comes up, you have to address it. Going back to to the incidents that led up to to uh, Mitchell Miller's draft night and why he even fell to the fourth round because he was an early round talent. Um, but most every team in the NHL knew that there was something behind the scenes that had resurfaced, and a lot of teams just didn't want to didn't want to touch him on draft night until later in in the draft where the Coyotes felt they had a chance to take him. Um, and and as you know, taking a guy later in the draft less less discussion. Uh, it's usually quieter, not as many eyes on the fourth round as there are on the first round. So that's that's kind of why they took a flyer on him late. They ended up making the right decision and cutting him. But the, the incidents that led up to this, um, like you said, the, the, the lollipop incident is egregious. Um, there's there's physical there's physical abuse, um, beating beatings and fighting and and and, and physical bullying. Um, and then there were there were a lot of things that were that were mental and, and emotional abuse. Um, the, the use of the N word uh, was was a repeated uh, issue. There was um, a lot of demeaning, a lot of demeaning things, uh, degrading things, things that uh, obviously I'm not going to repeat these things on the show. If people wanted to look into that themselves, I, I definitely I encourage people to go read it, um, just because it's it's important to to shed a light on it and to and to just be aware. Um, so I, I do encourage people to do that, but it, it's it's a lot of it was a lot of a lot of stuff that that no one should ever have to go through. And Mitchell Miller put this this one young man through. Uh, years of, of this the kind of this kind of torment. So it's important to remember that even though this began when he was, I want to say, fourteen years old is what is what was said was fourteen years old. One that is still old enough to know right from wrong on a basic level. Mm-hmm. Two, just because it happened a, a long time ago or, or years ago does not excuse that it happened. And I I do believe in second chances. I think I think people. I have no issue with people getting a second chance, but I feel like a second chance has to be earned and not given. And all accounts um, from the, from these incidents were that Mitchell Miller did not do anything to earn a second chance. He, he showed no remorse. Um, he and his family, uh, it, it's been reported that he and his family were um, openly hostile in the community and, and towards uh, Isaiah's family. Um and, and almost made, made themselves out to be victims as in, in a way of because of you coming out with this story. Now my hockey career is ruined. And that that's, it's just a completely wrong way of looking at it. It's not because of the victim that your hockey career is ruined. It's because of your actions that your hockey career is ruined. And if you lack that accountability and you lack that self-awareness, then you, now you have to deal with the fact that you lack a, an NHL career and it, being a professional athlete, no matter how good you are, is not, just it's not a right based on your talent it's a privilege that you have to earn based on your talent and everything that comes with that responsibility and i and in saying that i do want to commend uh the players on the bruins who the bruins kind of have a reputation especially in our division of being a team that kind of plays on the edge sometimes uh they're a team that's that's tough and nasty to play against they're uh, they can cross that line and play dirty at times but that's an that's on the ice off the ice, uh, Patrice Bergeron spoke out and said that a player, a, a person with the character of, of Mitchell Miller is not welcome in their locker room. Uh, a lot of the players were were opposed to the signing. 
they made that known vocally. They were public about it, which is something that in hockey does not happen very often. You don't often see hockey players go against their front office. You don't see hockey players publicly call out their GM or the owner or anything like that. Hockey players are kind of have a soldier mentality. They just follow the leader. And this was a, a case where that just wouldn't have been acceptable. And Patrice Bergeron led the charge with that team in, in speaking up and saying, this is not welcome in our locker room. We have standards and this player doesn't meet our standards. And I have nothing but respect for that. And I really commend him for doing that. So um, that's, there's, there's definitely more, there's definitely more we can discuss and I'll, I'll throw it back to you, but um, that's, that's just my initial thoughts on it. Yeah. And rivalries aside with the Boston Bruins and all that stuff, love uh, Patrice Bergeron and his leadership. He's of course, longtime Bruin so, um, awards like Selkie five times in his career. But uh, but the the fact that people are um, following his lead and he's calling out uh, Don Sweeney, which Patrice Bergeron answering these questions instead of the GM is a little bit uh, cowardly uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to this. And of course, their team president Cam Neely uh, coming out to discuss that this is the most regretful uh, thing that he's he's done so far in his in his tenure as uh, president. And of course, not not consulting with the victim's family as well as like, hey, would you be okay? Would you be okay with this? And of course, the NHL not having any knowledge that they want to uh, this to happen as well. And then Gary Bettman coming out saying uh, that that he will not be playing in the NHL. But honestly, I think for Gary Bettman saying that is I don't I, I question why he's saying that mostly for public perception. Uh, that that's just my opinion on why Gary Bettman said what he said uh, based on his, his reputation as well. But, uh, but of course the, the victim, Isaiah Meyer Crothers, let, let, let's, uh, let, let's, uh, let's talk a, a, about the victim there. And if, if he showed any remorse and, and, and the victim of Isaiah Myers Crothers say he, he felt it, he, they felt it was sincere. He gave him a hug. He was, a, he, 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 felt that it was it was uh genuine i mean i know this is a fictional scenario that we're we're gonna bring that i'm bringing up right now but the bench warmers um the with rob schneider uh david spade and john heater of course in the in that movie uh rob schneider was exposed as a, a bully instead of the guy being bullied and of course uh a guy of course a guy living in his basement uh traumatized by 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 someone who had bullied him i know that's a fictional scenario but just paints a little bit of a picture that just one person and the words that they say and 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 physical and emotional abuse that someone can go that goes through especially at a young age where your mind is not fully developed yet too and and with a a disability as well and having and being a person of color who even if you don't have a disability being a being a person of color in this country is already hard just adding so many different things to that and having this 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 person continuing to to uh degrade you and make you feel less of a human being uh, Ian McLaren, a uh, host of Locked On Boston Bruins spoke about how he was uh made fun of and bullied and that th- this could this could be possibly a you can possibly label this as possibly a hate crime for for what Mitchell Miller did to Isaiah Myers Crothers and it's just it, it's it's the remorse part it, it it all comes down to the lack of remorse when it comes to this. I agree. Um, Isaiah's family spoke and, and and actually wrote a lengthy letter as well uh, explaining that 
they had they had they had always been open to an apology uh if 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 there was a show of remorse uh remorse that was not court ordered if there was any show of 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 regret or or remorse or just a, a, a genuine like uh i acknowledge what i did to you and and i want to i want to make that better they they have they have said that they've they've waited for that they've they've wanted that and they would that Mitchell Miller would have would have their blessing uh, if that like had that come um, at the proper time and it just didn't um, and it's unfortunate because Mitchell Miller is a guy who you don't get you don't get drafted in the NHL you don't make it to the professional level unless you're an absolute star at what you do so Mitchell Miller one hundred percent grew up. A, an absolute superstar in, in hockey in, in, at the at the middle school level at the high school level. This is a guy who who was a star who had everything in front of him. And when you have that, naturally you're going to be kind of like the big man on campus, right? You're going to go to school. Everyone knows you. Everyone everyone wants to be around you. And there there comes a certain amount of responsibility with that. So he he has a little more influence in in a high school or middle school setting than any other student would. And if, if you use that to extend some kind of kindness or to bring Isaiah in as a friend or, or take him under your wing, Isaiah's life and his experience at that time is completely different from what was, what was done. Uh, it's, it's like the old, the old Spider-Man line, the Uncle Ben, with great power comes great. Everyone knows that. And when, you, when you're a superstar athlete at that age, you have, you have a lot of power and a lot of influence for, for your, your peers. And how you use that is huge. And Mitchell Miller used it in the completely wrong way because he could have been a massive positive influence on Isaiah's life instead of a massive negative one. And and it's clear he was he was well aware of the influence and the and the uh, popularity he had because there was a story that came out where uh, he would make he would make Isaiah uh, say or or do things just to sit at a lunch table with him. Um, one one instance he 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 was reportedly uh, required Isaiah to call himself um, Mitchell's N-word in order to sit at the table with him. And it's like that, that says to me that, you know, you know how important you are at that school, you know, how, how badly people want to be around you, you know, you're a star and you, that, that's simply making a choice to use that in the, in, in the wrong way. And he could have done the absolute opposite and been the ultimate positive influence in someone like Isaiah's life. And he chose to be a negative one. Um, so when, when you lack remorse for that, that's a conscious decision. Um, and it, it's, it's self-inflicted and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the rest of his hockey career is going to look like. I don't know if there will be one. Um, perhaps he goes overseas. Um, I, I'm not, that's usually what happens when, when guys have, uh, personal issues off the ice that, that like eliminate them from playing here in North America, tend to go overseas and, and build a career there. But Regardless of what happens uh, with his hockey life, I really hope that there's some character development and there's some uh, some accountability and eventually uh, just some betterment as a person um, with outside of hockey because hockey is secondary to who to who he is as a person and I hope he I hope he's able to improve um, because it's like I said second chances are they they people should get second chances, but they're earned, not given. And I think Mitchell Miller has a, has a, a lot of earning to do as far as, as far as getting his second chance. Yeah. And for him still being in his early twenties, I, and, and not, and his brain not being fully developed as well. Um, of course it takes really until the age of like 
anywhere between 25 and 27 to really fully develop as a man. And I hope that he takes that time right before those eight that those ages um, to really fully develop his character. And one more thing is the hockey diversity Alliance also put out a statement on in relation to uh, Mitchell Miller and Isaiah Meyer Crawlers as, as well about, about trying to better these behaviors on, 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 on people who just want to be included uh, period, Uh, not just in hockey, but in society uh, period about, counseling not canceling as well as just learning that people's words can really hurt but of course of of course when when talking about these uh these issues um they're always not going to be received properly by by the opposition and sometimes uh sometimes people think that they have to walk on eggshells as well because they don't know how they're it's going to be received as well and really really loving the approach that that the hda is taking to count counsel not cancel so that so that if 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 acts of basically ignorance happen again that's saying hey i i i'm a person i'm a person just trying to live a meaningful life just just like you and that that see me see me as a see me as a per, see me as a person more more importantly and the 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 hda also spoke about how ever since that they formed a black gm and a black coach have been have been in the nhl and and still continuing the great work that that they are that they are putting putting out there so a lot of credit to the hda uh a lot of credit goes to the hda in, in in a situation like this and and just trying to just continue to have some inclusion in 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 a game and hopefully that the game uh loves them back as well but Jacob, I know this wasn't uh, obviously an easy conversation to have, but one one that is 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 necessary. About we we talk Panthers, but of course we talk about the 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 sport of hockey as well, even out even outside. But I want to thank you once again for jumping on, and of course having this uh, difficult conversation that we had here on this Wednesday morning. Uh, tell everybody where they can follow you online. Yeah, you can follow me online at Jacob Winans Eight on Twitter. Uh, I'm super active there throughout the Panther season, and yeah, thanks again for for opening up the floor for that. I really like truly hope that we can stop having to have these these conversations about these uh, super negative topics. But uh, I think by having them, we're getting closer to to the end of of some of this stuff that that really has no place in hockey. So I commend you again for opening up the floor for for a difficult conversation, but one that needed to be had. Absolutely. Thank, thank you once again. And this probably, this is probably not the last one that we're going to have. So, so hopefully this is, but, but not, no, no expectations based on that. But uh, Jacob, I want to say thank you once again, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked on NHL, Locked on Fantasy Hockey, and the newest show on the Locked on Podcast Network, Locked on NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked on Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked on Sports Today. Locked on Sports Today gives you a podcast in 20 minutes or less on the entirety of the sports scene with some interviews and the take of the day. Locked on Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. 
and you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.